Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eckle. This is episode 76. I'm your host, Carter E. Joined as always by Jeff Mullahill Jr. of InstaImage.com. Uh, we do have a guest today. I'll get to that in just a second. But first, of course, we've got to thank today's title sponsor in Played Against Sports, uh, located in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs. You can also find them online at www.playedagainstsports.com. Joining us today is uh, the head coach and athletic director at Douglas High, excuse me, softball head coach and athletic director at Douglas High, John Glover. John, how you doing? Great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, you know, 16-0 league season for you guys. Um, just wrapping up, obviously, Saturday with a doubleheader win over Carson. Uh, you guys are obviously looking at regional brackets coming into this weekend. But, you know, I guess I'm curious, given the way last year went um, and how close you guys were, did this did this feel like an expectation for the for the team this year? Like a, a first-place finish in league? I, I know maybe you guys don't necessarily care about the, the number per se, but but did, did, did this feel like a, a reasonable outcome for this team this season? I, I don't know if it's a reasonable outcome to go 16-0 in our league, but we wanted to compete for – for the league championship, certainly, and felt felt that we could do that. Uh, there's some good teams in our conference, and we weren't sure what to expect. You never do coming into a new season. Who graduated? A lot of a lot of things change with with other schools, but we expected to compete for sure. But 16 and 0 was not not an expectation or even talked about. Yeah, and obviously you return your two two uh, stud pitchers and Mackenzie Willis and Tally Trenton both. Um, you know, D1 commits in, in some form or fashion here at this point. Obviously, McKenzie being a senior is a little, just a little further ahead in that in that process. But obviously, Talia's got a got a got a verbal out there. You know, for for those two, I guess I'm curious, kind of in that same expectations realm. You know, where where you guys were thinking they might be this season. Obviously, Talia coming off of uh, co-player of the year and the McKenzie Willis winning pitcher of the year last year. Imagine you guys were expectations were pretty high for them coming into the spring. Yeah, they were, and they have experience. Last year was just a you know, a great run that they both pitched well uh, in, during the season and into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And so those expectations were there. You know, they they are shut down type pitchers, and, and we expected them to have this year. But it, expectations are expectations. It doesn't always go like you expect, but um, they have overcome, you know, all the obstacles. McKenzie got hit in the hand with a ball against Spanish Springs and, and had to miss a start. But you never know what's going to happen, and they've, they've just been tremendous, both of them. Uh, I guess I'm curious what you think they're – their biggest skill set is and what what makes them you know as dominant as they are i know from talking to mckenzie she really likes her spin that seems to be a big a big thing for her whereas whereas talking to talia it seems like really being able to change speeds is one of her her biggest assets there's there's no doubt they're different although they their numbers look similar they're very different um and I don't get into the pitching part too much. I'm okay. an old baseball guy, okay. so I won't even sit <laughs> I here and claim. I won't even claim to know a lot about softball pitching. Uh -huh. um, but I think their biggest attribute is when they get in trouble, they can go get that strikeout or two that they need to get out of jams because they certainly get in them. Um, they're able to get those tough outs um, via the strikeout a lot of times, and that's huge. I mean, you got runners at second and third and one out. And they're not giving up a lot of runs in those situations. So they both have it in different ways, like you said. Uh, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, John played baseball at, at Nevada. Uh, catcher, right? I, I was on the team. I sat okay. on the bench a lot. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but I was there for four years. Well, I will. I guess I'll transition that a little bit into into the, uh, and a question about catcher because you go from Riley Blair, who 
you know, started multiple years at catcher to, to a bit of a mix and match. I don't know. I, I guess I can ask you why, but you, you may not want to want to give away the trade secrets there, but you have had a, some different catchers back there. So I'm curious what you've seen from each of them. To yeah, certainly. We started off the year with, with Ava Delaney, who mm-hmm. we thought would be our scheduled catcher for the year. And, and she ran into an arm injury. Um, and so at that point, we kind of reevaluated and, and grabbed a freshman, Peyton Simpson, who's done just a fantastic job back there. Um, didn't know much about her. She's new to the program as a freshman. Um, came in and just was awesome, you know. And, and now Cam McClellan's catching a little bit. So it's nice to have that versatility, to have a number of kids that can play different spots for different needs that we have. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it seems like it's, it's worked well for, for you guys, whether it be, you know, a mix up at catcher, whether it be who's in what spots in the outfield. Um, if you don't mind me running around the infield a little bit, I'll start on the, the right side. Uh, it seems like for a majority of games this year, it's been Bree Williams at first and then Zora at second, uh, you know, two returners this season, but, uh, what have you seen from those two this season that's that's impressed you the most? Well, defensively, um, they've been staples there. You know, they're they know our they know our defenses, they know our bunt defenses, our slap defenses. You don't have to coach them a lot in that regard. They know the system, so to speak. Um, offensively, they've both just been tremendous. You know, Zora sat in that three or four hole, depending mm-hmm. on the lineup, every single game, I believe. And Bree, you know, hits after Maddie Gooch and has been there all year. So there's a lot of consistency in our lineup. And, you know, they know what to expect. We know what to hopefully expect in a given game. And they've both done a, just a great job there. Yeah, and then flipping over to the, the left side of the infield, obviously, you know, I don't want to get too lost on just Haley Wilkinson here, but she seems to have really uh, – she was a great player for you guys last year, but it seems like this year there's there's been a jump in in the level at which she's, she's able to, to play the game. No doubt. She's, she's – moved over from second base. Mm-hmm, and so right. there were some question marks there. A lot of times that 40 feet makes a big difference for a player and it hasn't impacted her at all. Offensively, she's what surprised me the most about her is her is her power. Um, she's got 12 home runs, which is nobody expected this year from her. I certainly didn't, but she's worked hard in the offseason. She's been in the weight room with a trainer. Uh, I don't think anybody works as hard as Haley does when it comes to being a better softball player. And then have you guys had some some different looks at third base this year? I'm not really. Um, Dakota Till's been Dakota there a ton. Okay. Um, and I would say she's our most improved defender uh, in the infield. She she played a lot last year as the as the designated player, the DP. Um, and this year has really kind of solidified that third base spot. Sometimes Zora will move over there when Mercedes Covey plays mm-hmm. second, but for the most part, it's been Dakota at third. And another another player you guys have had who's. Uh, really shown her power this year at the plate too. I mean, you guys, as I talked to you a little bit about on Saturday, for those of you who uh, are listening and haven't, haven't seen online yet, but the, the Douglas softball team is now second in state history in home runs in a season with, with 57. And it's, as we kind of discussed, it's come from everywhere. Uh, obviously, Talia and, and Haley both have, have 12, but then outside of that, you know, you got a lot of six, seven, eight home run totals. Um, were you expecting that? I know expectation has been the word I keep kind of throwing at you, but <laughs> no, I, I no, we don't, and we don't want, necessarily want. We're not trying to hit home runs, right. I guess, or right. coaching them to hit home runs. That's not in our plan ever. Um, they've just had great at bats, and there are a lot of girls. Lillian Lee, who's who's been a a good hitter in the DP spot and a pinch hitter, um, has done a great job. She's got a bunch. Like you said, Dakota, Bree, um, I feel like a home run can come from anywhere in the lineup at any time, which is kind of weird as a coach. That's typically not the case 
but in practice, every single one of our girls can run it out in BP. Now, our field's not the biggest, but um, it's it's impressive in games. All of a sudden, you'll see the ball fly out of the yard out of the seven or eight or nine hole. Cam McClellan's another mm-hmm. one we certainly – she hits ninth for us and has I, – I, you know, she's almost double digits, I think, so – yeah, and uh, you mentioned uh, Lillian Lee, who I think had eight home runs last year, um, is around that that pace again this year. Like you said, you guys don't don't coach for home runs, and I know you and I have talked about their ability to, while they may be able to hit the ball over the fence, they're also totally fine with laying down a bunt when they need to or sacrificing runners over as well. Just, I guess, how neat is that to see for you as a coach, knowing that you know when you have seven or eight girls all hitting over 400, that they're still willing to to make that sacrifice if need be? It's certainly uh, a good thing. We we ask them to execute, and even the short game. Um, if you've ever coached softball or seen softball, we know how important the short game is, and one run can mean a big difference. And, and to bun a runner over or to hit behind a runner, we still teach those things and expect those out of everybody. Yeah, and you know, I'm curious from from last year to this year, would you expect a, any certain teams to come out of Vegas from the, the South? Is that something you guys look at at all uh, in the season, given that you guys were in the, the state finals last year? We're, we're certainly familiar with the teams down there. Of course, Green Valley beat us twice to win the state championship. Right. So um, they have a just a great pitcher down there. She's a left-hander. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's got a sister. They're phenomenal players. So I think Coach Trenton, he, he's down there a lot more than I am, but he keeps an eye on that. We know that Shadow Ridge is a team down there that's done a great job this year. We don't watch game to game, yeah. but we, we watch. I mean, it's it's certainly a conversation, not with the girls, but as coaches that we, we have, you know, who's who's won big games down there. We, we keep an eye on it. Well, I guess I jumped jumped over this question a little too soon, but what do you guys have to do for, for regionals in order to maintain the kind of, uh, I guess, dominance you've had over the North this year? We, I, I, we won't change a thing. Um, we need to. Our, we've talked a lot about our hitting approach, uh, and I think it's been so good. Our, you know, our girls look to do certain things in certain situations, and we have to stay with what works at this point. We're not going to make any drastic changes this week. Um, our pitching's been solid, so we'll rely on those two again through that regional tournament. Um, then you hope for the best, because you know there's some teams playing well right now. We certainly won't overlook anybody. Um, First thing we have to do is beat whoever we play on on Thursday, whoever yeah. that may be. Yeah, and uh, I know that's still stuff they're they're figuring out. I was kind of hoping we'd have have that regional tournament solidified by now, but I know we're, we're taping this Monday morning. I think this afternoon, this evening, we should have a have a pretty good idea right. of where everything. There's two games today uh, that'll determine all the seeding. So yeah. once those are complete, um, you know, for for you guys, I'm guess I'm curious what the 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 talk to the team was this offseason what did you was there much encouragement that you guys had to do as coaches or is, is that group pretty motivated given uh not only what you guys were able to accomplish last year but what they do on their own in travel ball etc yeah most of them if not all of them play in the summer and so they go and really you know i don't know if people know this but the high school softball scene is not where girls get recruited from they get recruited out of their travel ball teams in the summer and so i kind of frame it in a way that Come back and during the high school season and have fun and play as a team, as, as the Douglas Tigers. Don't worry about all the stresses of being recruited and stats and all those things. And I think they take that pressure off themselves. Um, a lot of them want to play at the next level, and they see this as an opportunity to come and just enjoy the game like when they were little kids again. Um, but to get to your question, we you know coming into the, the off season for us, um, 
you know, we talked about expectations about all the things that we want to accomplish, but they were driven from day one. We didn't have a, there wasn't a lot of rah-rah speeches going on. Um, they didn't forget what happened last year mm -hmm. and they've really had a workmanlike attitude since January. <clears throat> yeah. And then, uh, regionals this year, for those of you who are unfamiliar, will be hosted entirely at Carson high. Uh, maybe a little bit of a, a break for Douglas and Carson, given it's not up to, you know, Minogue or Spanish Springs saves you, you know, probably a 35 to 50 minutes round trip driving, uh, depending on who's driving, I guess. But, um, for, for you guys, I guess I'm curious what, forgive me, this is a poorly phrased start to this question, but you, you fell to Spanish Springs in that first, first game of the year, obviously not a non-league game. Did that kind of give you guys a little bit of an, oh, okay, here's, you know, we, we, we've got a, a different level we need to need to hit here early on in the season. Certainly. And, and if we go back to the beginning of the season for all teams, most of us hadn't been outside. Yeah. We had had one day outside and I'm not making an excuse. No, no, no. Neither at Spanish Springs. Spanish yeah, Springs right. hadn't been out there. Uh, defense looked rough it, it, that first game. And, and so people have improved, teams have improved, but that was a, a good eye opener. Um, that loss doesn't bum me out at all. Uh, it did wake the girls up a little bit and, and again, make them a little more hungry. And last week we beat Spanish Springs at Spanish Springs for the first time, at least in my coaching time here with softball. And, you know, there's little humps you got to get over, you know, certainly last year we, we jumped a couple big humps winning the regional championship, but, um, winning at Spanish Springs finally, because <laughs> it felt like every time we were up there, we'd get beat by a run or two and something crazy would happen and they're good and, you know, those kinds of things. So. Anyway, it, it certainly motivated us that first game and and, and was an eye-opener that teams in this league are not going to roll over and just let you win because you won last year. That's not how it works. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned defense, and obviously we've talked a lot about how, how good and uh, just well played the defense has been, but given the two pitchers you have, have you seen at points this year where, you know, Talia or McKenzie striking out 15 of the 19 batters she's facing and the defense. I know from talking to Ron, sometimes there's not a lot of photos to go around of the defense. So I'm curious how much you may notice when, when the pitchers really get in a roll, how much uh, you have to kind of keep on the defense to stay engaged in that like sixth inning where it's seven zero and, and Talia or McKenzie just, you know, is nobody can even touch, touch their pitches. Right. And, and we talk to our defenders a lot, but mm -hmm. you have to remember they're, they're, 14 to 17, 18 year old girls that have the attention span when you haven't had a fly ball, a ground ball in maybe two games, three games, you have a tendency to maybe fall asleep a little bit. And we ask them to be focused every pitch. That's a big ask, you know, but <laughs> if you want to, you know, be successful defensively, you better be in every single pitch, whether or not you get a ball for a game or two or three. It's tough on them. Yeah, and you know, I just realized I ran through the infield and then sidetracked and getting back to the outfield here. But uh, if you don't mind me running through kind of what you've seen there, obviously I know uh, when Talia's not pitching, she's kind of found a spot in one of the corners in the outfield. Maddie Gooch has been been a big spot out there as well. I know Annie Hill has also also uh, been a, been kind of a staple out there. Also, what's been the the coolest part about seeing uh, the kind of mix and match you've been able to do in the outfield. Yeah, they're they're really young out there is the biggest thing. We have three sophomores across the outfield a lot of times. Tally goes out there as a junior, mm -hmm. but it's a um, it's a group that's improved drastically. Uh, after I'll say it, after the Spanish Springs game, the first game, I was scared to death what our outfield was going to be. <laughs> um, they have improved so much uh, with the work that Coach Trenton's the outfield coach, and, and he's given them. 
um, it's a group that we trust now that we know goes out and gets the job done. Um, they've been, they've been in, you know, really impressive to me, done a great job. And there's a lot of speed out there with the three of them. Um, they run well. Yeah, and you kind of led into my, my next question with some of those uh, younger players that are kind of stepping up into these these bigger roles, whether that be Maddie Gooch or Kane McClellan or Annie Hill, like you mentioned. Uh, potentially some girls who you know were only really coming in as pinch runners uh, last season uh, or very, very spotted at bats, but to, to see them have a more full-time role this year. Uh, what's kind of been the most impressive thing to you from any one of them? Yeah, so Maddie Gooch played a lot last year. Um, as a freshman, and now as a sophomore, I think she leads our team in batting average. She is so steady. Um, not a lot of frill, not a lot of pizzazz, but she gets it done. She swings the bat well. The other two were JV players last year that we called up at the end of the mm-hmm. year for the regional and state tournaments, uh, and they've done such a good job. You know, they're swinging the bats, playing defense. Cam's home runs, her power has surprised us. Uh, Annie and Cam run so well, and, and Maddie does too, but. The other two are a little bit faster, and, and they steal bases, and they're they're tough to defend when they're on the bases. They take extra bases. They do what I call the little things, but um, it's been a fun group out there. It's nice to know that they'll be back for a few more years, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only not only is this a, a big year for Douglas High Softball, last year was a big year. It, it doesn't seem like there's there's a whole lot of a lit off here. It seems like, you know, how, I guess... I, I know I talk a lot about you see with with high school programs and it and it ebbs and flows right it's never it's never you know a hundred percent all the time unless you're Bishop Gorman or whatever but but what do you think has been the most impactful to have this kind of steady run of, of talent come through Douglas High softball at least in the recent years yeah the valley loves softball Carson Valley is a softball valley um, starting when they're little kids you can go out to the park and it's as strong a youth program I think that exists in northern Nevada. Um, the Native American community loves softball, and, and our Native American girls play high school softball. They've been phenomenal. Um, it's it's a culture down here. It goes back a, a long ways. This didn't happen overnight. I know Douglas wasn't always super successful in high school softball, but um, it goes back to the 80s, 90s. You know, Dina Pitts won two state championships here as a pitcher in 91 and 92. Um, that Those groups were good. Douglas Douglas County loves softball, and and the community supports it, and the youth programs are into it. And I'm, I'm watching little girls, eight, nine, ten years old, show up to our games. They're, they're liking it. They're, you know, they're wanting to be out there someday. Uh, and yeah, you know, for you, I'm, I guess I'm also a little curious, and I, I didn't give you a heads up on this question, but what, what's kind of kept you around? I know your daughter graduated last year. You got some other assistant coaches that a I know you've been coaching with, but their daughters have also kind of come through the programs as well. What's What's kind of kept the the bunch of, of coaches together? Us, you know, I'm sure you guys are friends as well uh, off the field. But but what has kind of been you think the main the main sticking point for you guys wanting to kind of continue, whether or not you have uh, direct family involved with the program? Yeah, I think we I, first and foremost we enjoy the kids. Uh, it gets me out of my office at two thirty every day <laughs> to go to practice for the springtime anyway, instead of being here till five or six or whatever it is, and that's a nice change of pace. Um, but the girls, they're they're just they're a pleasure to be around. Um, they've built a culture over the years of, of hard work and wanting to improve. And as coaches, that's all you can ever ask for out of your kids, no matter how good they are. Their attitudes are great. And then there's the piece. They're, the, the five of us get along so well. We really do. We, we added Callie Sargent to our, our, as our pitching coach mm-hmm. last year. She's been tremendous. She really has done a great job with the, with the pitching. Um, her knowledge, she, she pitched at UNR, mm-hmm. um, is knowledge that 
we don't have certainly and it's been welcomed and it's really helped us improve and that camaraderie matters too you know when you look at are you going to coach again next year and it's a lot of fun everybody's having fun and why wouldn't you want to be a part of something like that you know i'm curious everybody's everybody's a little different but you're you as a softball coach i'm sure have uh have your fondness or maybe dislikes of those dugout chants um, it's, it's a it's a staple of softball. It's not necessarily something you see on baseball. Is there anything you find at like nine p.m. at night where you're just like all of a sudden there's you got something running through your head of like of some Douglas Douglas chant or, is, or is, are you pretty good at being able to block those out uh, outside of the field? Uh, I'm an old baseball guy. I hate them. <laughs> I just <laughs> it feels like every single one of them they're talking smack. You know whether we we love free bases or. You know, pitch it higher, pitch it lower, whatever those chants are directed at, uh, are not my cup of tea. The girls do them; they like them. Um, but I, I always tell the story walking down the hall. Some of them are kind of you know catchy, and walking down the hall singing "We Love Free Bases," <laughs> and, and my wife looked at me and thought, "Man, something's gone wrong with him." <laughs> but but uh, they love it. You know, some teams are. I don't think we're too too egregious, but. Some teams, you, you know, you, you leave and you have a headache. They they scream and yell so much. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I know Carson High has has two Staglianos. The one that always comes back for me is because they would change they would change the tune a little bit when when Emma Stags would come up and it would get a little little deeper and just that one for whatever reason yeah. replays in my head a lot. Yeah. I hear I hear that one all the time. I, there's a couple others, but that's the one that that seems to have have stuck with me. So I was curious if there were any that you find uh, whistling at yeah, they're, you know, <laughs> just random. Yeah, every once in a while I try to lighten the girls up. I'll start one, and then they think that's pretty funny, you know. That coach, old man coach with gray hair, is is starting to chant in the dugout. Do you so. have Do you have a go to one? I don't. <laughs> I don't even know them. Okay. I'll just try to start one. Up. Okay, yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think if I got any more questions for you, John, while we're here. Um, you know, I know it's been. I'm sure, like you mentioned, it's been fun to be around the kids, but I'm sure it's also just been a fun season overall. I, you know, I, obviously not everything tracks down to wins and losses, but when you are winning, you know, it certainly adds to it for sure. I guess for for the regional tournament, knowing knowing the field you're going to play at, is there anything specific? Given that Carson's fences are a little higher, I know that didn't stop you guys from hitting a bunch of home runs this past weekend. But is there anything different you got to do, given that's going to be a little bit of a different field look? I don't think so. We played there enough. The girls yeah. have played there enough that that uh, you know the venue is the venue. When you go to Minogue, it's a short it's a short porch, um, you know, and so you you worry about that. I think with your pitching, you know, do you throw more rise ball, less rise balls because if they hit a fly ball, it could go out. So there's a few little considerations. I think Carson's more fair. It's it's, it's a little bigger, like you said. The fence is higher, so it's really going to take a true home run to get it out of there. Uh, but we don't worry about that stuff. You know, the field's the field. We both both teams have to play on it, and and so we don't even have that conversation now do you think an eagle will drop its snack off the backstop in the middle of any of these regional games like they did between douglas and carson was that last year or was that two years ago it was I, two, I think it was two years, two years ago. ago yeah uh for for anybody who missed missed this uh i think it was right before somebody came to a plate appearance and this big old bird or big old eagle dropped dropped its kill right off the backstop and kind of spooked everybody of course, uh, the hunter that that John is didn't didn't bother him too much to go out and just pick it up and toss it over. <laughs> no, I think it might have been a dove or a, a pigeon, if I remember right, and just handed it to to my dad was there, and that that's not too bothersome. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so we'll see if uh, we'll see if you get any fun uh, fun little additions, I guess, to to any softball games out there this weekend. But uh, big thanks to John Glover for for. 
hopping on here uh, this week. John, anything else you want to add before we before we let you get out of here? No, just we appreciate people listening. Uh, I listen to this podcast almost every week. You guys do a great job with it, and and for those of you out there, you know, tell your friends about it. It's it's a it's kind of a fun podcast once a week, and and you get to hear about local sports, and we appreciate the coverage of our high school kids, and and you guys do a great job, and and certainly I know Carson High appreciates it as well. I've had conversations with Coach Roman over there, their athletic director, and some other coaches, Coach Vickery and Coach Manukian, and there's all others. I know you guys go all the whole year, but we certainly appreciate the coverage, and I know the parents out there like hearing their kids' names on the podcast and getting updates, so thank you guys. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and of course, big thanks to John Glover for stopping by. Uh, be sure to stay tuned to all the regional softball coverage this weekend online at uh, nevadaappeal.com backslash news backslash sports. Thanks, as always, to Jeff Mulvihill of InstaImage.com and of course today's title sponsor in played against sports in the topsy lane shopping center your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs you can also find them online at www.playedagainstsports.com that's going to do it for episode 76 and uh, we'll see you guys next week take it easy